the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God doesn't always answer prayers immediately. Uh, Sometimes we have to pray about a matter for days or weeks or months or even years before God answers. God answers in His perfect time, right? God's never late. His answer is never delayed. His answer is always right on time. And so if He waits to give us an answer, there's a very good reason why He waits to give us that answer. Does it ever feel like God doesn't hear you? Well, take heart. He may not always answer your prayers when or how you'd like Him to, but He does answer. Even when you feel forgotten or it seems He's silent, the Lord is always working with your best interest at heart. He is for you and knows just what you need. Pastor Dan encourages you today to not give up on asking. Be persistent in your prayers. Keep seeking the Lord because His way is perfect and just and good. He will answer when the time is right. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 42 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 42, Jeremiah 42, as we continue our study through the Old Testament. Now, at this point, just as a reminder, the Babylonians have conquered the kingdom of Judah. They've destroyed Jerusalem. They have carried away captives to Babylon. They left a small remnant of people uh, remaining in the land of Judah And King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he installed a man named Gedaliah as governor over Judah to rule over that remnant of people that were left behind in the land. And we talked about how Gedaliah was a good leader for Judah at this time in the nation's history, coming out of this devastating defeat and destruction at the hand of the Babylonians. Gedaliah brought stability, he brought unity. He brought a sense of hope for the future for the nation. But then we saw last time in our study that the king of Ammon uh, hired Ishmael, a man named Ishmael, to assassinate Gedaliah, which he did. Ishmael and his men assassinated Gedaliah and some of the other leaders. And then after assassinating Gedaliah, Ishmael took the people of Mitzpah captive and he attempted to flee back to Ammon. He attempted to escape, but a guy named Johanan caught up with him, stopped him from escaping, killed him and his men, rescued the hostages that Ishmael held, 
But then chapter 41 ended with the remnant of the people that remained in the land telling us that they were afraid because the governor appointed by the Babylonians was assassinated and they feared that King Nebuchadnezzar would return with his army and just wipe them out for assassinating the governor. And so at the end of chapter 41, going into 42, the people of Judah wanted to flee south to Egypt and take refuge in Egypt out of fear of the Babylonians coming back. Egypt was one of the few countries the Babylonians had not conquered at this point, and the people of Judah thought they would be safe in Egypt. And so that now brings us to chapter 42, verse 1, where it says, Now all the captains of the forces, Johanan, that's the same Johanan we talked about last week, Jezaniah, the son of Hoshiah, and all the people from the least to the greatest came near. So the whole nation, what's left of the people that are living in Judah, they gathered together And they said to Jeremiah the prophet, Please let our petition be acceptable to you and pray for us to the Lord your God. Pray to Yahweh for us. For all this remnant, since we are left but a few of many, as you can see, pray that the Lord your God may show us the way in which we should walk and the thing We should do. So all the people that were left in Judah, they came to Jeremiah the prophet and they asked Jeremiah the prophet to pray to the Lord on their behalf and ask God to show them what they should do. Should they stay in the land or should they flee to Egypt? Now, when we read this, this sounds great. Right? If you've been with us in this study of Jeremiah, this sounds like a breakthrough for the people of Judah. They asked Jeremiah to pray to the Lord for them. They wanted to know God's will for them. They wanted to know what God wanted them to do. And you read that and you think, wow, uh, the people of Judah have never asked for this before. They've been doing their own thing all this time. And now, finally, uh, they want to know what God wants them to do. They want to know what God's will is. And it sounds as if the people of Judah have finally changed and they finally want to do God's will. And so they ask. And they ask Jeremiah to pray and ask God to tell what his will is for them to do. You know, in the New Testament, in the book of James chapter 1, we're told, if anyone lacks wisdom, we can ask God and God will give us his wisdom generously. All we have to do is ask. And he promises, he'll tell us. When we don't know what to do, we don't know which direction to go. We don't know, you know, should I stay in this job or should I take this other job? Or should we stay here? Or should we move there? And we don't know. We can ask God for wisdom and he promises to give us wisdom generously. The people of Judah at this point now ask Jeremiah to ask God to give them wisdom, that God would show them the way in which they should walk and the thing that they should do. But here's the thing. Here's a spoiler alert for you. (laughs) They don't really mean it. (laughs) 
They've already made up their mind about Egypt. They're going to go. They really aren't interested in knowing what God's will is for them. They're going to go to Egypt and take refuge there. They're not really seeking wisdom from God. Really what they're doing is they're fishing for God's approval. They want God to put his stamp of approval on their plan that they've already got that they're going to do no matter what. And so they're just looking for God to say, yes, you should go to Egypt because they've already made up their minds to go to Egypt. And, and I know you've experienced this before. Sometimes when you talk to people about a situation that they're facing, they aren't really looking for your counsel. They're not really looking for guidance. They're not really looking for direction. Sometimes they're just looking for you to validate what they've already decided to do. And they want you to just affirm a decision they've already made in their heart. And they're just looking for you to say, yes, I think you should do that. And quite often someone like that will go from one person to the next person to the next person looking for someone to affirm their decision that they've already made. Or they might go from one church to another church to another church, or from one pastor to another pastor to another pastor, just kind of looking for one of them to say, yes, I think it's all right for you to do what you want to do. And that's kind of what the people of Judah are doing here. They've already made up their mind what they're going to do. And they just want God to say yes to their plans to go to Egypt. Now watch what Jeremiah does here. There's a lot of wisdom in what he does here and how he responds. In verse 4, instead of just saying, yes, I'll do that, Jeremiah says to them, I have heard indeed, I will pray to the Lord your God according to your words, and it shall be that whatever the Lord answers you, I will declare it to you. I will keep nothing back from you. Jeremiah said, I'll do this, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you what God's word says, and you may not like what it says. Again, sometimes when you're in a conversation with a person like this, sometimes you have to say to them, hey, I'll talk to you about this as long as you're willing to accept what I'm going to tell you. As long as you're willing to accept and do whatever God tells you to do in his word. And you kind of have to establish that up front before we go any farther in this conversation. Let's just establish up front right now. Are you going to do what God tells you to do in his word? Because if not, let's not waste our time with this conversation. Let's just end it right here. And sometimes, as you know, I'm not telling you anything you haven't experienced. Sometimes that person will say, yes, I'll do whatever God's word tells me to do. I'll do whatever God wants me to do. I want to do God's will. So whatever his will is, that's what I'll do. And that's what Judah does here. We want to do God's will. We want God to tell us what we should do. But they don't mean it. And so Jeremiah, again, he says, whatever the Lord answers you, I will declare to you. I will keep nothing back from you. So they said to Jeremiah, let the Lord be a true and faithful witness between us. If we do not do according to everything which the Lord your God sends us by you, whether it is pleasing or displeasing, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God to whom 
we send you that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. They say, whatever God tells us to do, that's what we'll do. We just want to do God's will. We just want to obey His voice. Again, that's what they say, but they don't really mean it. The fact is, their heart was already set on fleeing to Egypt. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. And so it happened. Look what it says in verse 7. And so it happened after 10 days that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Now I find verse 7 very encouraging. You know, you read the Old Testament, these Old Testament prophets, it seems like they just had this hotline to God where they could pray and God would instantly give them an answer. And you read the, the prophets and you think, man, I wish God answered my prayers like that. Well, you read Jeremiah here and it says that it took 10 days before Jeremiah received an answer from the Lord. God doesn't always answer instantly. God doesn't always answer prayers immediately. Uh, Sometimes we have to pray about a matter for days or weeks or months or even years before God answers. God answers in his perfect time, right? God's never late. His answer is never delayed. His answer is always right on time. And so if he waits to give us an answer, there's a very good reason why he waits to give us that answer. You know, this reminds me in James chapter 5, there it talks about praying and it says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. And then it says, Elijah the prophet was a man With a nature like ours, he was just like us, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. God answered his prayer. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So it tells us there the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective, and then Elijah is held up to us as an example of someone who prays effectively. Elijah prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And then Elijah prayed again and it rained. But if you go back and read the story, when Elijah, for example, prayed that it would rain, initially his prayer was an answer. He had to pray again and again and again. And Elijah kept praying until the rain finally came. It's not that Elijah prayed once and instantly it started raining. He had to persist in prayer. He had to persevere 
and prayer. And he's held up to us as our example of an effective prayer. Person who prays. Just like Elijah, our prayers are not always answered immediately. And so, like Elijah, we should persevere in prayer. And we should keep asking God until he answers us. Just as Jesus said, keep knocking until the door is open. Keep seeking until you find. And Jeremiah here, he prays. But Jeremiah did not receive an answer for ten days. Remember, the people are freaked out at this point. They're worried that the Babylonians are going to come back. They go to Jeremiah and ask Jeremiah to pray. Jeremiah doesn't receive an answer for 10 days, which I'm sure built up a sense of anticipation among the people of Judah. And the people of Judah probably came to Jeremiah every day, right? For the whole 10 days. Did you get an answer yet? The next day they came back. Did you get an answer yet? Like kids with Christmas. How many days till Christmas? The next day they come back. How many days now till Christmas? The day after that, how many days until Christmas? And I think there was this sense of anticipation with the people coming back. Have you received an answer? Has God told you what we should do? Verse 8, then he called Johanan and all the captains of the forces which were with him and all the people from the least even to the greatest. So he gathers all of the remnant of Judah left. He gathers them all together. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you sent me to present your petition before him. Now look what the Lord says. If you will still remain in this land, then I will build you And not pull you down. And I will plant you. And not pluck you up. For I relent. Concerning the disaster. That I have brought upon you. Do not be afraid. Of the king of Babylon. Of whom you are afraid. Do not be afraid of him. Says the Lord. For I am with you. That's always God's answer to our fear by the way. His presence with us. For I am with you to save you and to deliver you from his hand. And I will show you mercy. That he may have mercy on you and cause you to return to your own land. The Lord says, stay in the land. And if you stay in the land, I'll build you up. I won't pull you down. I'll I'll plant you in the land. I'll be with you. I'll protect you. The Lord said, I relent concerning the disaster that I have brought upon you. In other words, the Lord says, I'm finished judging you. He judged them for their disobedience. And he says, now I'm finished judging you. So stay in the land. You have nothing to be afraid of. You don't need to be afraid of Nebuchadnezzar. You don't need to be afraid of the Babylonians. I'm going to show mercy to you. They're not going to do anything. You'll be allowed to stay in the land. So just stay here. You're safe in the land. But, verse 13, if you say, we will not dwell in this land, we're not going to stay here, disobeying the voice of the Lord your God, saying, no, but we will go to the land of Egypt, where we shall see no war nor hear the sound of the trumpet, 
meaning you know, the trumpet that they would use to call the army you know, to attack. And we will not hear the sound of the trumpet, nor be hungry for bread. And there in Egypt we will dwell. Then hear now the word of the Lord, O remnant of Judah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, if you wholly set your faces to enter Egypt and go to dwell there, then it shall be that the sword which you feared shall overtake you there in the land of Egypt. The famine of which you were afraid shall follow close after you there in Egypt. And there in Egypt you shall die. So shall it be with all the men who set their faces to go to Egypt to dwell there. They shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. And none of them shall remain or escape from the disaster that I will bring upon them. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, as my anger and my fury have been poured out on the inhabitants of Jerusalem so will my fury be poured out on you when you enter Egypt and you shall be an oath, an astonishment, a curse, and a reproach, and you shall see this place no more. So the Lord warns them. The Lord warns them. If they flee to Egypt, all the things that they're afraid of happening to them, if they stay will happen to them if they go to Egypt. They'll suffer grave consequences for their disobedience. All the things that they were afraid would happen to them at the hands of the Babylonians if they stay in the land, God says, all those things will happen to you if you go down to Egypt. Now, in the Bible, Egypt is a type of the world And Egypt is a type of our old life of sin before Jesus Christ rescued us and delivered us out of sin. So it's a picture, it's a type of the world, and it's a type of our old life of sin before we were saved. And so in this picture here, they're going back to the world, they're going back to their old life for refuge. They're afraid. And so they decide we're going to go back. We're just going to go back to the world. We're going to go back to our old life. And going back to the world and going back to the old life, as we see here, it has devastating consequences. All the things that that they're afraid of happening are going to happen for sure if they go back. And the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. It's hard going back to Egypt. It's hard going back to the world. It's hard going back to a life of sin. That leads to hardship. That leads to ruin. In Deuteronomy chapter 17, after God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, He told the children of Israel, you must never return to Egypt again. We're never to go back to the world again. We're never to go back to our old life of sin again. We're never to go back to that. We're never to look to that as a refuge or a place of safety or a place where we can go and dwell. The single safest place to be is in the will of God. 
in His will. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. The book of Jeremiah entails many prophecies given to the people of Israel, but they weren't just commands of judgment and consequence. Within these pages, Jeremiah gives insight into the coming promises that Jesus would offer by coming and fulfilling a new covenant of redemption for all people. What's interesting is that Jeremiah poured his heart and soul out as he wrote this book. It wasn't just a dry dissertation of what people should do or what should come about. Jeremiah was a living and breathing person during the time of siege and exile, and he felt deeply for the people and nation he was a part of. His empathy for his kinsmen should resonate with you as you're part of a larger group of people in a nation and ultimately part of God's family. Is there a stirring within you to see those who are lost come to have a saving knowledge of Christ? If so, you might be able to relate to Jeremiah more than you thought. If you're enjoying this series through the book of Jeremiah and would like to hear more teachings, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. In addition to listening to these teachings, you can access more information about the church behind this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. As a church, our heart is geared towards spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with. And we welcome anyone to worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. For service times and location, check out calvaryec.com. Thanks for joining us today. Next time, we'll continue looking at the book of Jeremiah here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know His voice and it only takes Rings true.